Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Culips. This is a simplified speech episode. And if you're new to Culips or you don't know what simplified speech is, let me explain. It is our series which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today I'm joined by my co host, Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. Hey there, everyone. And hey, Andrew. Guys, we have a great episode prepared for you today. And actually, Andrew, we're going to talk about a topic. That was suggested to us by your wife, correct? <laughs> yes, that's right. So it's kind of funny, Cassie. You know, we always ask our listeners to contact us and suggest topics that they want to hear about. And my wife really took this to heart. You know, she's a Culips listener herself. And、uh -huh. so she contacted me the easiest way that there is by just talking to me while we were eating dinner. <laughs> she said, Hey, you and Cassie should talk about this topic. So yeah,、uh, Cassie, since you got married recently and I also got married、uh, about a year ago, My wife told me that she thought we should talk about how we've been adjusting to married life. So that's what we're going to talk about today, everyone adjusting to life as a newlywed. A newlywed. Andrew, that's a fun word you used right there. Newlywed actually means,、uh, you know, a couple that has just married. They are newlywed, they just had their wedding. Yeah, that's right. We could even describe an individual as newlywed as well. Like, Cassie, you're a newlywed. I'm a newlywed. And I think it's one of those words that's easy to understand once you hear it. But before you hear it, you would never think that a word like that exists in English. At least in my opinion, it's a kind of strange sounding and unique word. Newlywed. <laughs> it seems like a fake word almost. <laughs> But it is very common, right? When we talk about this context and listeners, it's a great one to add to your vocabulary. Newlywed. Exactly. And guys, before we get started with our conversation today, I just want to let you know that we have study guides and transcripts for all of our episodes. They are designed by our team of expert English teachers to help you build your English skills and reach your English learning goals faster. To get unlimited access to all of our study guides, plus some great bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams, visit qlips.com and sign up to become a Qlips member. We also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners from Argentina named Laura, who left us a great review and a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Cassie, do you think you could read Laura's message for us? Sure. So, Laura wrote, I've been listening to Culips since February 2021. I came across Culips while during the pandemic I was listening to different podcasts to improve my English. A couple of months later, I became a member and I'm very satisfied with that decision. Listening to the different series made my English improve by leaps and bounds. Good 
phrase there, Laura. <laughs> Listening to Andrew, Cassie, Anna, and Suzanne makes me feel that I am not alone in this path of learning English. The transcripts and the monthly live streams you can access when you become a member are a great deal. Thank you guys for all the work you're doing. Keep up the excellent job. Awesome review there, Laura. Thank you so much. And Cassie, I'm sure you recognize Laura from our monthly live streams, right? I do. When I saw her name pop up here, I was like, wow, Laura. <laughs> so for listeners who don't know, Cassie and I, we do host a monthly live stream at the end of each month for QLoops members. And Laura is one of the regular participants in the live stream. And she's always very active in the chat. And uh, yeah, so I feel like even though we haven't technically met Laura in person, Cassie, we do know her. Do you have that feeling as well? Yes, exactly. She's like, you know, one of those friends that you meet once a month and you're like, ah, great to see you again. <laughs> well put, well put. So thanks again, Laura, for that awesome review. And thank you to all of the listeners out there who have been supporting us by leaving reviews and ratings on the apps where you listen to Culips. It really does go a long way in helping spread the word about our podcast to other English learners from around the world. And with that being said, Cassie, I think it's time to jump into our main topic for today, which is, of course, adjusting to life as a newlywed. Now, I've been married now, I guess, for about 14 months. So, like I said, just a little bit over a year. And Cassie, could you remind us about how long you've been married for now? I'm very much a newlywed. I've been married for four months. Four months. Okay, so you are technically then in the honeymoon phase. It's called the honeymoon phase. Now, I did a little bit of research for this episode to prepare and I learned that the first six months of marriage are called the honeymoon phase. And this is the period where everything is perfect. <laughs> it's like you're so excited about this new life that you've embarked on with your partner. And although there might be some little arguments or some big adjustments, usually life is pretty smooth. Now, Cassie, uh, they say that the honeymoon phase only lasts for six months, but I'm about 14 months into my marriage, and I still kind of feel like I'm in the honeymoon phase. It doesn't really feel like uh, <laughs> doesn't really feel like uh, I've left that phase yet. So I, I hope that continues into the future as well. But uh, why don't we get into some of the stories that we have to share about? Uh, adjusting to newlywed life. Cassie, in general, has it been an easy transition for you or a difficult one? So I've got to say, I think modern marriage versus marriages in the past are a little bit different, depending on the couple. Mm -hmm. I really think that marriage almost begins when you move in with someone. Mm -hmm. And I moved in with my husband, um, I'm going to say two years ago. So I almost feel like we've been married for two years, mm -hmm. but the official date was four months ago. So on the day-to-day, -day, not much has changed, but 
I guess I can say knowing that we're officially married makes it feel that much more special. That's a really good point. And in fact, maybe a better topic would be not adjusting to life as a newlywed, but adjusting to living with someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because really, you know, just like getting married and signing some document that says you're legally married now, that's nothing. But the big adjustment comes when you move in with someone and you're living in the same space, in the same place, and you have to make all of these changes to uh, either your lifestyle to make your partner feel more comfortable or your partner has to make some changes to their lifestyle to make you feel more comfortable or you have to meet in the middle somewhere. Exactly. I heard that some of the most difficult parts of newlywed life or married life is one, finances and two, schedules. Um, you know, people might have different ways that they want to spend their money. So if you guys don't agree with that, it could cause a lot of arguments. Or if, you know, you like to go out and party every weekend, but your partner likes to stay home and chill, uh, that could cause a lot of issues as well, which you probably should have figured out a lot of these while you're dating. But <laughs> it gets even more serious once you're married. Yeah, in fact, I've heard that the leading cause of divorce in the first three years of marriage is about finances. There's even a show on TV right now in Korea, Cassie, that I've been watching mm -hmm. that is about people who have been divorced and are back in the dating game. They're looking for a new partner and many of their backstories about why they're divorced are in fact about finances and money. So um, I think that is, like you said, something that's very important to clear up before getting married, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> important topic of conversation. Now, luckily in my marriage, I don't have any problems about scheduling or about finances. I think we have both of those under control, which is good. However, Andrew, I do remember you mentioning that your sleep schedules are a little different. Why don't you tell listeners about that? Okay, this is great. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this is the thing that uh, I have had a, a difficult time adjusting to. It's not so much our schedule in terms of like when we have to spend time together or what we're going to do on the weekend, but it is more like our daily schedule, especially when we go to sleep. So my wife is a night owl. She prefers to stay up late in the evening and wake up as late as possible <laughs> in the day. <laughs> like before she has to start work, the last moment possible, she will sleep until that moment and then get up and start her day. Whereas I am the opposite. I would rather go to bed early in the evening, ideally like 10 or 10.30, and then mm -hmm. wake up earlier in the morning. Um, anywhere between like you know 6 and 7 a.m. would be perfect for me. When we moved into our apartments, uh, we got married and we moved in together, we made a mistake in selecting the apartment. And Cassie, you've seen my place, you've been over here before, so you know the layout. But for listeners who don't know, it is a small Korean style apartment. And it has one main living room. And on each side of the living room, there is a room. So the big one we use for our bedroom, and the small one we use for our 
office. And in fact, that is where I am recording right now in the small little room. It's kind of my office, my Culips recording studio. Now, the bedroom also doubles as my wife's office because she is working from home a lot these days. During the pandemic, her company transitioned to a more work from home kind of situation, and that is still ongoing. So she's four days of the week working at home and only one day of the week actually going to the office. So that means the bedroom is not just a room for sleeping. It's a multi-purpose space. We also have our TV in there. So it's kind of the TV room, the bedroom, and my wife's office. That sounds like it can get very complicated schedule-wise. When she wants to work and you want to relax, it's all in the same room. What do you do? Exactly. Because the problem is, especially since my wife is a night owl, sometimes she likes to work at night. And sometimes she likes to watch TV at night. And that's time when I would like to sleep. So it's been difficult navigating how we deal with this. Also, I am very sensitive to light at night. I try to dim the lights early and to make the apartment like as dark as possible so that I can get into a healthy sleep mindset, you know, before I go to bed. Whereas my wife is like active at night and she wants to turn the lights on and have it be bright. And these days her hobby is like beading and making necklaces and bracelets out of beads. So she needs the light on to be able to see to do that. So yeah, it's been tough. We've had to compromise a lot. She has to compromise on where she can do her TV watching or crafting, bracelet making, uh, or even work. Like uh, she's been really good about saying, okay, you know, I want to watch TV, but instead I'll just use the iPad and watch Netflix at the kitchen table. So that's not as comfortable as like watching a big TV and relaxing on bed, watching TV, right? That's more comfortable, but she's been really good at compromising for me uh, doing that. I guess it goes both ways too. Like at the same time, I don't wake up and watch TV in the bedroom when she's trying to sleep. Uh, I will just use my computer. <laughs> so yeah, some some things like that have been uh, a challenge for us. And in retrospect, in retrospect means looking back at the past. If I could go into a time machine and travel back in the past, I think it would be way better for us to have had uh, an apartment with three rooms. Maybe we could have just one small room only for sleeping. Like there's just the bed inside and that's it. And mm -hmm. uh, if we had a room like that uh, and then my wife had her own separate workspace, I had my own separate workspace and then we had a shared living room space with the TV, that would be ideal. So I think uh, that was our mistake. We didn't know that, but we're dealing with the situation amicably we're both satisfied maybe not happy with the sleep arrangement like not mm -hmm. it's not perfect but it's good enough we're we're both getting enough sleep and when we move out of this apartment into our future place i hope that we can have that kind of arrangement at the end of the day cat see this is a very small thing <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not anything that has caused us to like get into fights or, or yell at yeah. each other over anything like that. How, how about you and uh, your 
spouse, your partner? Have you guys had any little things where you don't see eye to eye? I think the biggest thing would probably be cleaning. I don't know if you know this, but I am a very messy and disorganized person. Really? Yes, extremely. It doesn't really seem to fit your personality too much. Yeah, people are surprised since I'm a math teacher. You'd think they're more type A and clean and organized. But no, I am very right-brained, type B, chaos everywhere. That is my uh, my cup of tea. Mm. My husband is also not a clean freak, but he does like things in their place. And he likes the floor to be devoid of objects. Mm. But I'm one of those people that when I come home, I throw my bag on the floor. I take my jacket off. That's on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And it drives him crazy. (laughs) But I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. So, Cassie, maybe this is something that you could try in your relationship because there are a couple little things that I do that drive my wife crazy and a couple little things that she does that drive me crazy. And actually, I shouldn't say do and does. I should say did because we've pretty much stopped doing these things because of this tip that I'm going to share Mm -hmm. with you right now. And that tip is you have to tax each other. You have to tax each other. So uh, this is a little bit too much information. So I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but whatever. (laughs) It's okay. So one of my bad habits that I had when I first got married and moved into my place with my wife, especially on days where I was getting ready in the morning to go to work and I was really kind of under the gun to get to work quickly. Maybe I was running Mm -hmm. late or something and I was really rushed. When I would brush my teeth in the morning, I didn't wash out all of the spit from the sink. So there's like a little bit of toothpaste foam and spit in the sink. And Uh I I didn't do a good job at making sure that was all down the drain. And then I just went to work. So then when my wife went to the washroom later and she went to wash her hands, she'd see this gross like toothpaste foam (laughs) in the sink, right? Disgusting. And that would upset her. Like, why does she have to see this dirty thing in the sink? And I totally agreed. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was my mistake. I shouldn't do that. I wouldn't like to see that either. I completely get where she was coming from. But then I did it again. And then I did it again. And it was like one of those absent-minded things that I guess I didn't ever notice that I had a bad habit of when I was living alone. But Mm -hmm. now that I was living with her, she pointed it out to me. And so we made this rule. If I do that, then I have to buy us coffee and a pastry. There's a nice little bakery by our house. If I do that, then I will make up for it by paying the tax of treating us to a coffee and a pastry. And the bakery near us is expensive. So it costs like, I don't know, 10 or $15 to do that. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to use my small monthly free spending money to, to do that. So it's worked. I've completely stopped doing it once we implemented that kind of tax system. And conversely, again, this is another kind of TMI bathroom story, unfortunately, but my wife has a bad habit or did have the bad habit 
of not replacing the toilet paper when she finished the roll. So she would use all the toilet paper, and then next time I was in there, I look to find there is no toilet paper left in that situation. Terrible situation to be in. (laughs) So I was the same as her. I was kind of angry, like, why are you doing this? This is a selfish thing to do. You should Mm -hmm. try and not do this in the future. And similarly, she was very apologetic. She's like, I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. I'll change. I won't do that in the future. But then she did it again and she did it again. And I was like, it's tax time. So (laughs) (laughs) if you forget to do this, then you have to buy us coffee and pastries. We have the same deal. This pastry shop must love you guys. No, they probably hate us because since we implemented this tax, we have been much better at not doing these things and we've completely avoided them. So I think I bought coffee and pastries only once and I haven't done that act again and she hasn't even bought coffee and pastries for us yet because as soon as the tax was implemented she smartened up and she hasn't forgotten to replace the toilet paper roll ever again so yeah cassie i think maybe you guys could use this as well maybe you know if you just throw your bag and your jacket on the floor and you don't tidy up before your husband comes home (laughs) or something Uh then you have to pay the tax and you could work out whatever the tax uh, would be. I would suggest if you think it's not a habit that you can fix easily, maybe just a low tax, like 50 cents or a dollar you could give him. But if it's something you think you could fix easily, (laughs) then maybe a higher tax would be okay. It's a good idea. Okay, I'll try it and I'll get back to you on my progress. Cassie, I said that if I had a time machine and I could go back to the start of my marriage, I would have made sure that we had a three-room apartment for us. If you had a time machine and you could go back to the start of your marriage, which was only a few months ago, (laughs) if you could go back then and do something differently, is there anything you would like to change or do you think everything's been okay so far? Honestly, I think everything's been okay so far. Similar to you, I guess the housing would be the hardest part, but my situation is even more dire, Andrew. We live in a one-room studio. So our bedroom, our kitchen, and our living room is all in the same place. (laughs) So um, we've really learned how to coexist together, but I'm very much looking forward in Thailand, hopefully, to getting a place with at least two different rooms. It's going to be a luxury. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, People from countries like Korea, where we both live at the moment, Cassie, and Mm -hmm. some other Asian countries as well, I think maybe our listeners from North America or other parts of the world don't realize that The living spaces are really, really small in some Asian countries. And when you do it alone, it's like a little bit of an adjustment for for us North Americans. But then when you add another person into the mix as well, especially you, I really sympathize with you because, yeah, having no personal space of your own, that's tough. But like you said, fingers crossed when you move to Thailand, which will be happening really soon, right? Then you'll be able to find a bigger place and... That's something to look forward to, for sure. Absolutely. Hey, 
Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you, as always, for listening, and great job on completing an English study session with us. Now, to all of our married listeners out there, we'd love to hear any stories you have about adjusting to married life. Cassie, while we were recording too, this popped into my head like there are different wedding traditions and wedding customs and wedding cultures in different countries around the world. And I know in some parts of the world, you can even get married to someone who you don't really choose, right? It's kind of like an arranged marriage by your parents or your family. And I'm wondering in that situation, the adjustment must be even bigger. That must be a really tough thing to navigate. So if any listeners have some stories about adjusting to life as a newlywed, we would love to hear them. So please leave a comment on qlips.com or on our discussion forum or social media and share them with us. And if you like this episode, please support us. Your support allows us to keep making English lessons for learners all over the world. And we can't do QLips without you. The best way to support us is by signing up and becoming a QLips member. For all the details, just visit our website, QLips.com. You can also support us by following us on social media, telling your friends who are learning English to check us out, or by leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to QLips. That's it for now, but we will be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See ya.